Hello, hello loves. You're listening to your VSG Diary Girl Court. Let's leave it all at the door and get Barry chatty. Hello loves, I am back. And today, well, first of all, I'm just going to say that this one is a really big one for me. I've already taken a very deep inhale and exhale. I've got my tea here with me, which I'm going to have a quick sip of. A little warmth comfort. This one is a big one for me, like I just said, and I obviously do share a lot with you guys. And this is the one thing that I've only ever really briefly mentioned on the surface. So it's definitely my bravest podcast yet. I'm actually going to be talking about my psychological struggles and challenges over the course of my life and how this has affected me pre and post weight loss surgery. And essentially, in a nutshell, how having weight loss surgery and losing weight in general did not solve the patterns and behaviors in my mind. Dare I say my heart. I am still very much so on a healing journey and how I am combating this every day and how I'm doing this without and not through food for the first time in my life. And so I think it goes without saying that my mind has controlled my body pre and post weight loss surgery. I do suffer from chronic anxiety. I have from a very young age in hindsight and in knowledge and stepping into my own as a woman, I can see the patterns, you know, in the previous decades of my life, they were always there. The signs were there as a young girl, you don't know how to combat those behaviors, those challenges. And so I think anxiety is a big word that's thrown around now and, I'm so glad that the conversation is opening up and I'm proud to be talking about it today. Even just saying that it feels really, really nice to just say that out loud. And I'm, I'm actually very excited to be sharing this part of me with you all. And if you're sitting, listening to this or walking, whatever you're doing, and you're like, that's me, then kind of yay. <laughs> and just how nice is it to feel familiar to somebody else? My anxiety has not anchored me it doesn't define me but it it can hinder me and I said that exact same thing about the weight so although it is a double-edged sword it's it's almost my superpower in a really cheesy cliche way it really is and I don't want to exist without it I don't want to exist as me now at 60 kilos less without Courtney who was 124 kilos because I wouldn't be who I am today without her. Her is I, she is I, right? And I'm trying to work on not talking about, you see, I'm already doing it. The old me as past me, but we're getting there. That's, that's a work in progress. And so being an anxious person has actually driven me in many ways. It is my blessing. It's my curse at times. And I'm just like doing the tango with it. Right. So that's where I'm at. I'm trying to make it a dance of life (laughs) And just taking it on because, I mean, if you can't beat them, join them, right? It's a part of my life. I can't rid of it. And so I, like I said, I'm forcing, forcing ahead with it. My anxiety can be physical, like those ant-like feelings, numbness, dizziness, rapid heart rate, uh, brain fog, constant fear um, of, of health. So this did kind of intensify post-surgery for obvious reasons. Having the surgery in itself was challenging for me. Even going to the doctors was like a stress zone for me. So going into a hospital, going under and having this surgery was the biggest anchor of bravery for me. I just had to throw that in there because I look back and I think 
how did I actually do that? I, I really wanted this so badly, guys, clearly, because for me to put myself in my feed directly was huge. So there's that. <laughs> but look, I, the, the anxiety has been apparent in my life for a long time. And it has reached its peaks. It has, you know, plateaued down. It has done its thing. <laughs> I have seeked medication for support. And as my anxiety reached its peak about a year and a half ago, kind of around COVID, all that jazz, that really shook me. I'll be honest, that was just something that I really struggled with. I think as well being in business at the time, I still am, but you know, it was a very challenging time for me. I was fresh post-op and it was all just crashing down for me. That's how it felt. The whole world was on my shoulders and I just felt really suffocated. I was really struggling. So I asked for help. Like I asked for help with the surgery that is something that I wrote down in a journal of mine because I have a few. Every year I have a new journal. And in the journal for that year, I actually wrote as my inspiration for the next one, ask for help, learn when to ask for help. And that is what I do now. So I needed medication to survive. I'll say it to survive or to get out of survival mode to start living and so I was dealing with this. And although you guys see so much, I have touched on it very briefly on stories and some posts, but while so many of you watched me in my physical peak, little did many know that my inner dialogue and thoughts were suffocating me daily. And if I'm being honest, they still do to this very day, depending on the day, the trigger, the circumstance. And then this made me wonder, like, why now? Aren't I supposed to be happier? I'm healthier. I look healthier. Wasn't this supposed to fix everything, you know? So I can see now that I definitely was using food as a form of coping previously. I wouldn't say entirely, but it certainly was something that I did use to suppress my emotions from, you know, even a younger child in my adolescence and having that taken away, right? It makes sense when you think about it. That coping mechanism was stripped of me because I couldn't consume that. Couldn't consume my coping mechanism, to put it correctly. Yeah, it undid me. <laughs> um, in came all the other things that I hadn't solved and hadn't done the work to really isolate and figure out what the fears were. And so, yeah, it was a very challenging time. And so going through such a physical change was the focus. And then when that stopped and kind of the weight stopped from the surgery, it honestly felt like the mental and psychological side of things felt heavy so the weight was heavy and then that lightened up and then the psychological became the weight in a sense i just want to say that again the psychological became the weight and that is a very powerful thing but it is a very powerful thing that i realized and that was probably the biggest light bulb moment in my recovery as of late especially as of late the second i could sit there and understand that that was okay and that this seesaw of the mind and the body and how that's going to work and how I need that to be my main focus and priority in healing was, yeah, the, the first step in me actually just leaving that denial and entering, okay, this is what we're working with. And so, yep, in my eyes, a physical transformation does not exist without a psychological one. And you really do have to pay the same amount of attention and affection to both to heal properly. And there are advantages and disadvantages to both. 
The physical change is combated, in my opinion, mostly with body movement and the mental obstacles are more so associated with your nutrition and dealing, yeah, like I said, with the past triggers, traumas and your dependencies. Capital letters on dependencies. So example, right? If Let's say you're an emotional eater. First, you have to accept that you're an emotional eater, move past the denial stage, then you'll seek psychological help. So things like your counseling, self-awareness, guidance in a form that benefits you to heal from that coping mechanism is going to be vital in recovery, um, but also your success in weight loss and maintaining weight loss. So when I really thought about this, I actually considered each obstacle mentally in little chapters, right? And when I was actually writing an inspiration for this podcast, I realized there were like several stages, right? So first, the fed up stage. You've tried everything and anything, every fad diet, every boot camp class that me makes you want to pass out because you can't physically keep up. We've all been there. Or you might be there right now. I hear you. I feel you. So essentially you're at your end's wit, most likely emotionally exhausted too. Then... The I think I need help stage, highly emotional, scary opening these conversations and thoughts with yourself. I remember the first people that I spoke to were obviously my parents, my brother and Grant. But before that, I had to think about that myself. And those conversations in my head were scary. They were emotional. It was a lot. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure I cried the whole time. I thought about it. And then the whole time I ever spoke to anyone about it initially and... Yeah, look, your girl is an emotional little petal. And then the, okay, I'm actually doing this stage. You've spoken to the pros. You've potentially even spoken with people in your community who have undergone the surgery. So lack of better words, shit is getting real. And then the day of, yay, (laughs) vegetas, butterflies, all the things. And then finally, your new start. So the first mental challenge, in my opinion is taking your first sip of water or your first bite of food or your first like swallow of anything. Oh Lord, it's a big mind mess. You're going to feel silly because it's going to be difficult to consume a sip or a first swallow or a bite of anything. And then you'll be looking at that, that piece of paper they give you with, please try to achieve 600 milliliters of water. And you can't get to that. And you're like, wow, it's 600 milliliters of water. Eight hours ago, I could have sculled like almost, you know, a liter bottle. Like what? So yeah, you've just been stripped of your adult eating and drinking essentially. Woo. And you've <laughs> quite literally been, call me dramatic, whatever, but reborn into the world of nutrition and consumption. Welcome. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> you know, you're going to be eating like a baby for a while. So you've got to deal with that as a baby and take baby steps um, to process, I'm sorry, to progress and become stronger with your food and your approach. So I always think that the nutrition side of things is the first kind of mental hurdle uh, because you're waking up and you've had weight loss surgery, not brain surgery. So it takes a while for your mind to catch up to the changes that you're feeling in your physical body as well. So that's also worth noting. And then you'll face your physical body movement challenges. I did speak about this in a previous pod and just how challenging it is 
to balance your energy levels and you're working out with minimal ability to consume protein, especially in the initial stages, the first few weeks and months. So definitely go and check that podcast out for more detail and reference because it's very detailed. And so in summary, I really can't stress the importance of the affection and attention to your psychological obstacles as well as your physical. Deal with them first if you can. Identify them first where possible, you know, prior to your surgery. Ask yourself, what are your dependencies? What are your triggers? What needs to change in your life or stay the same? And if you can do the work from the inside out, I think in hindsight, I wish I had really asked myself some of those type of questions first. I think that could have really, really helped me. Uh, But this is life and I did it the other way around. I outside in and that's okay. I'm still working on my balance every single day. And I do think it goes without saying that we all are really. Um, And so I've decided to answer some Q&As. I put up a question box on my story a few days ago and I waited until they all came through and I'm just going to go through the common denominator questions. So the first one was regarding weight regain. Worrying I'll regain weight despite doing all the right things to prevent that. So with this one, weight regain can be a very touchy subject for bariatrics. I want to first start by saying there is nothing to be ashamed of in any aspect of anybody's life, whether you're a bariatric or not, in gaining weight. People gain weight for a multitude of reasons. It could be medication, illness, alcoholism. I mean, the list goes on. It could be from a physical injury that pretty much bounds you from moving as physically as you usually do. There are, like I said, multitude of reasons as to why a person can gain weight. And I think it is always commonly associated with someone who is lazy, doesn't move and makes no effort, which is really sad because it's not always the case. Sometimes it may be that the person has no interest and has food and eating behaviors that are damaging to them and their health. And that is also a possibility. However, with weight regain being a post bariatric, I think it's a generalized fear. I mean, I, I can't speak for everybody, but on behalf of myself, it's something that is in my mind. It's not in the forefront, but I'm sure that I'm going to gain weight in my lifetime If and when I decide to have children or just wherever life leads me, I don't know what's going to happen. And I don't really want, as a person who lived in the past for so long, I want to be where I am right now. And I also don't want to be in the future. I want to be right here, right now. And so I am making active decisions to sustain a healthy lifestyle. And I'm making good choices that are nourishing, Um, body, mind, soul. And so wherever that leads me physically, I am okay with that as long as I am healthy and as long as I am able to enjoy my physical body, then I am not too fussed about give or take a few kilograms from muscle or even fat in my lifetime. So I don't think we should be, what's the word, preventing weight gain. I, I think we should just be actively living lives that support our health and our well-being and sometimes gaining weight is doing that so it's a touchy one and I'm using my words very carefully because 
people can be very easily swayed with this topic. So I think that weight regain shouldn't be a scary um, bunch of words. I think that it should just be black and white what it is. And we live in color and we live in leaps and bounds of emotion and <laughs> lessons in life. And so I think, yeah, wherever life leads you, as long as you are looking after yourself and things are in place for you as much as they can be then whatever the scales say for whatever reason I don't think it should determine you know your worth or your happiness and I think it's very important to find comfort and solace in other things than monitoring that and making that your priority speaking of comfort next question the common denominator number two do you find you still look to food for comfort? If so, how do you navigate this post VSG? So for me, I don't see food as comfort anymore, more so as a necessity for my energy and all of my movement. Because as we know, if you follow me and you've seen me for a while, there is a lot of that. I've come a long way with this. Um, obviously, that was a journey in itself, but... I've also come a long way with making exercise my comfort and then I had to take a million thousand steps back because I was excessively moving because I was excessively eating and so it was a double-edged sword it was like one dependency became the other and so that is usually very standard in any time that you are navigating through reducing an addiction of any kind another one usually falls into place so it has taken me a good six to eight months to not excessively exercise. And I've, I think I found my balance. I, I'm going to say think because I do know I'm still working at that, but things have settled and I have found a routine that is far more um, sustainable as well. Physically, my recovery is much better. So to answer that, I definitely do not use food as my comfort anymore, but I am working to ensure that I am not, doubling myself in my exercise for that reason so no to, to the comfort food to navigating it I think that you really just need to source out ways to cope with that dependency that you once had so it could be exercise it could be a new hobby it could be a book club it could be buying a canvas and starting to paint it, it honestly it could be anything so I encourage you to go crazy with exploring that because that's the, the best part that's the funnest thing that you can do as your new self so find something that brings you comfort like I said and solace that is enticing to you and I know a lot of people actually find comfort within physical transformation getting in tune with their bodies and obviously there's an immense amount of change which kind of leads me to the next topic the third common denominator loose skin this is a huge one and this actually when this came through in the question box I thought oh, I missed I missed that so I'm glad this has come through pretty much the question was how to deal with it and tips so I think this is for me something that I've only really just noticed more so now that things have settled and I have found balance it's almost like what's the next thing you know I personally am oddly obsessed with it I love it I wear clothes that I feel sexy and confident in I do not ever 
intentionally show nor hide it. And look, I understand this is a big deal for a lot of Barry's, but I don't have currently any intentions of reading it at this stage. I love my skin just how it is. I know everybody's skin does react differently to weight loss surgery. I'm not sure if this is dependent on the type of weight loss surgery. I am sure that there is a substantial amount of research perhaps that could support that argument. Um, but I think that the skin is usually dependent on genes, elasticity of your skin age, and of course your previous weight. Some people are coming from a bigger weight as well. So there's obviously going to be more loose skin. And so that one is just very dependent on the individual. But for me and dealing with seeing it, having it on my body, it doesn't cause me any pain or discomfort, unlike the weight and the morbid obesity was. So for me, it is livable. And like I said, I'm obsessed with it because it's like a constant reminder of what I have achieved. So I wear it as like a badge of honor. And I'm proud. I'm proud to have it and I'm proud to show it. So I think that's pretty clear if you go on and look at my content. I am not shy about my skin <laughs> at all. And I think you can see that I am not shy about my decision to have weight loss surgery. So the final common denominator. No, I lie. Wait, no. Affected friendships and relationships. I've just seen that here on my phone. Um, big, this is a big one. Definitely. I have had affected friendships and relationships as I like to say, as a savage that I am, gosh, here we go. I better gear up anyways. My next podcast is all about this. As I always like to say, it has not affected the good ones. And I've always had an inkling of the bad eggs in my life, but weight loss surgery and my flourish did a great job at dealing with that all by itself. So like I said, my next podcast is the saucy one. It's all unfiltered. I talk about the naysayers, how to embrace the newfound confidence and how to leave people behind where they belong. Ah, sheesh. Look, if someone is being left behind, it is no doing of my own. It is simply that I am gravitating to a higher frequency and they're no longer coming with me. And it is sad and it is unfortunate. But in life, you do transform and you change and you grow you make mistakes you better yourself we're constantly on this never-ending learning experience that's what we're here for that is why we exist to make change and we can't do that without changing ourselves right so absolutely i have had many of my friendships and relationships affected post weight loss surgery and that was all just due to me finding my value and my worth and daring to demand more from the people who surround me and I have every right to do that. So, yep, there's that. I'll leave that one there. The final one, any regrets? I don't have any regrets whatsoever. I can't at all imagine my life any other way at the moment. And having weight loss surgery has saved my life. And then I have saved my life every single freaking day, working hard to balance this new commitment that I've made to myself. So no not one single regret. I wouldn't say I'd do it any earlier or later. It was the perfect time in my life to do this. And like I said, I'm still finding my balance. So we're always on a never ending journey to doing that, aren't we? So there's no really end of the road is there. No, we are always, always working towards something. So 
As always, lovely people, it has been a pleasure talking to you and I'm really looking forward to next time. It is bye for now, but not for long. I will be back very soon. Download this podcast, check me out on my socials and stay connected.